back. We Can you believe back. it? No. I feel weird. Like, I don't know where to look when I'm talking right I know. now. Because it's been so long and I'm out of practice. It's, it's legit. <laughs> yes. We're back. I was nervous coming into this. Were you? <laughs> Can I still do this? I don't remember. That's I forgot. Kind of how, like, I hope it's like riding a bike, you guys. So, we have so much to tell you. But first, we want to say hi to Caitlin. Hi, hi. Right? Yes. Hi, no. You got it right. Yay. Good Hi, job. Caitlin. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. We are so glad we're you We're about are to here. have a lot of it's fun. It's a first time for all of us. Yes. There you go. So, Caitlin is so gracious. We canceled her twice last season. I want to say Melissa <laughs> flaked out, but yes. Well, she's <laughs> taking the brunt of, of it, but she doesn't have to. But Caitlin is so awesome that she's like, I'm back, man. I'm doing it. I don't care what happens. So. I feel like it was divine intervention. I didn't feel like I would have been ready to share in the way that God wanted me to share had it happened sooner. So your Perfect. pause worked out very well for me. <laughs> I like it. Pause. That's your, what it was. your internal conflict. Yes. God worked for the good. <laughs> he did. He Isn't that amazing? All yes, the he does. He uses everything for our good. So we should say our names in case people forgot. Yeah. I am Melissa. I am Keith. <laughs> and I am Jamie. And we are recreated. We'll <laughs> be right back. Lesson number one overcome every fear of regret and confusion. It's all an illusion, delusion, sent to disconnect the holy fusion of the spirit and the flesh. Every mortal breath's meant to bring forth fire, but only when the fear of death. Consumed on the funeral pyre So let the flames rise higher And let every man be considered a liar If he doubts the goodness and faithfulness of God So, we were like, what should we do for the intro? We've only had like four months to think about it Came up with it like five minutes ago um, And two things, real quick We know that there is conflict going on in the world And it's serious and uh, we wanted to say something about that real quick. But I'm going to let Keith take that. And then we're going to talk about self-care, <laughs> life coaching, <laughs> what it says in the Bible. Um, and be, and the big reason is, is because we took some time off because we needed some care. Yeah. And we just want to talk about it. And um, that's all. But I don't think life coaching is actually in the Bible. But it is a buzzword, Right. Right. Just um, like self-care. But but Keith's going to talk about something first. Yeah. Go ahead, Keith. Since it's our first episode back and everybody is aware, we're in the middle of August. And uh, this last weekend, Afghanistan has started to go through their transition back to the government of the Taliban. Today I got a video from some friends from a believer in the in Afghanistan and this this man was in tears and crying about the the massive changes that are coming to his country and the violence that's already broken out and I've done some more reading today from other accounts and it's not good uh, and I think as Americans especially um, this isn't a time to be finger pointing who's who's at fault. I think America as, in general is dropping the ball. And we as believers need to really be in prayer. First of all, for our brothers and sisters in the Lord who are in Afghanistan are going into a time of persecution, uh, perhaps that they've never experienced. But then I think we also need to be praying for each other as Americans and what this time period what God's really saying to all of us I think it's a time to be very sober because on the world stage America has been in my opinion shamed by this hmm. event and that's on all of us not just on those we think should be responsible so that's my serious note for the day <laughs> yep I'm cool with that I appreciate you bringing it up yes thank you all right. Okay, so Jamie, talk about self-care. And I know Jesus. nothing about self-care. <laughs> I was hoping that I'd bring it up and you would have well, all the answers. Well, you know, I happen to work at this place called Marigold, and we talk a lot about self-care there. Um, because, you know, it's a place where it's a wellness mm -hmm. center. Um, so, oddly, you know, March 20th was, I think, when we had our grand opening. 
after for me it was three years of kind of um because it was like a two-part we had the one side open and then the second side and so during covid was when we were trying to get the second side finished and so it was as if i was going full bore and we opened the second side and then i crashed and i was in burnout it took me a it took me a little bit to actually say it out loud because when you think when you hear the word burnout you think of somebody at least for me you think of somebody that's in a job that they hate a really toxic environment you know all these things are so bad at their workplace or their ministry and it wasn't that for me it was I love Marigold I love going to work I love the people I work with but you can't um, draw from an empty well and that's where I was and I just got to the point where when we were supposed to do a podcast, what was it the night, two nights before? And I'm like, and I love podcasting. And I'm like, I can't, it overwhelms me at the idea of being able to hear someone's story. Like the thought of that, I thought I can't, like the empathy piece. I thought it's going to break me to hear the, someone else's trauma. Like I can't even deal. And, um, and so I just started this journey of, and it's, I mean, like any healing, it takes time and I'm still learning and relearning and it's a lifelong process. You guys don't ever think it's about arriving. If you, if you think it's about arriving, just call somebody and say, can you hit me in the head really hard? <laughs> because that's, there's no, that's not in the Bible. Or yeah, you um, started a new religion. Yeah, basically. exactly. There are religions out there probably. Yeah. Based on that. So the whole self-care, I, at least for me, I always go back. I don't know where it says or what it says in the Bible about actual self-care, but when um, Jesus, I believe it's Jesus that talks about loving uh, others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. I always think of it as that that's the assumption that you love yourself. If you're going to love others like you love yourself, well, then then that means you should love and That means you're taking care of yourself. And so that's kind of where I go from. And even just from the leadership classes and the things that I've taken, um, one of my favorite pictures is of um, a fountain. So you have like the base of the fountain. Jamie's laughing because he's been in this leadership class. You yeah, actually paid attention and you remember? And I didn't think the fountain was very well done, but it's cool. Because <laughs> because it was drawn or? Well, no, yeah, it was. Dude, sorry, Sean Holman or whoever did it. <laughs> well, Scott... It was the execution of the drawing. Oh. The, me- the, uh, the, um, the message beca- or being. Yeah, because you can't. So if you have levels to your fountain. But I'm picky. I'm a graphic designer. Well, that's true. I so I'm, I am not an artist. So I just appreciated. Like, Neither am I. Yeah. The idea that if you have your basin where all the water is and then you have your different layers. So you have, you know, your relationship with the Lord and then out of, out of that flows your relationship with, you know, your spouse. And, you know, you go on and, and upward. And so the less you have down at the bottom, the less you have for the other things that, that it flows into. And yeah. so, um, yeah. So the other thing I would say about self-care is when people, the thing that I kept hearing people say, you work at a place where, you know, you could go float in a float pool, you could get a massage, you could do all these things. And I wanted nothing to do with any of it. Because at the end of the day, that's like a second tier level for me, maybe even a third. Like what I needed was time with the Lord, time and quiet and solitude, time in nature, and time with my family and sleep, like, and food, like (laughs) that other stuff. That's not what you need. The world tells you you need all these things. I mean, simply getting in nature with the Lord. I mean, I know we're all wired different, but I don't think we're wired that different. Like to be in nature, and I think of how it talks about how um, the uh, the rocks will cry out and, and how nature, um, what's the word? Keith, help me. Declares like, the glory yes, of God. Yes, yes. Well done, Keith. And I've, so, <laughs> I mean. I've been singing that song in my head all yes. on my walks. With yes. with Jesus, that song has been in my head yes. a lot recently. Yeah. So it's cool that you're noticing the same things yeah. because without the production mm-hmm. of stuff, like I love that element of worship, mm-hmm. but I think it's become such a big part of how we do worship that yes. sometimes you forget the quiet stillness that just comes with being alone with Jesus. Yes. And that's accessible to everyone because especially navigating the pandemic like some people aren't comfortable with returning 
back to church. Right. And I don't know about you, but I'm not gifted in singing. And so when we were streaming (laughs) the services online, we were not singing in our living room. Right. (laughs) And so we just like would skip that part of the service because we have really, really talented worship people Mm -hmm. on our team. But it just is not the same feeling right as it is when you're like actually there so how can you feel and connect and praise god because like that's that part of worship and music in particular is that chance to just praise him yes and i think you you know what that is a level of self-care we don't pay attention to right is the act of raising your hands and departing from yourself in praise of someone higher than you really does a reorientation in your soul. Mm-hmm. It, it, cre- it causes you to ponder the most important things. Mm-hmm. I am a human. He is God. My troubles are small in his eyes. Mm-hmm. They're nothing. I need to relax. <laughs> right. I just need to chill out uh, and get the rest. I need to sit, just listen to him because he knows. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I, you read it in the Psalms. You read it in the prophets. It's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm having a really bad day. Oh, my gosh, the country is falling apart. But, Lord, you're the ruler of everything, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to praise you. Right. Man, that just satisfies <laughs> all those if I could have done that in my worst days, I don't think I would have had as many problems as I did. And you feel it more being outside because you're like literally looking up at the sky. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and right. so it's easier to, not that we can ever fully comprehend how big God is, mm-hmm. but you do feel how small you, you are. Yes. In the grand scheme of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just back to like worship a little bit, uh, the way God has used me, I had never been somebody that really connected with God or with anything primarily through music. Mm-hmm. And that has all changed for me. And now God will bring songs to mind. And like when I'm out on walks or when I'm praying for people, there will be lyrics of songs. And that has been like I was walking one morning during a thunderstorm uh, singing about I want to see your glory, feel your thunder always filled with awe and wonder Mm -hmm. and I was actually looking for a rainbow because you know we've had really strange weather around here recently Mm -hmm. and I have not seen a single rainbow and I've been very disappointed in that and like still (laughs) praying for God to like send me a rainbow yeah all right well not not her though (laughs) same I've been looking too because like this weather's I'll say that this is kind of weird there's got to be a rainbow somewhere (laughs) and the one the morning that this was happening the passage that our church was preaching on was Noah and Mm -hmm. I was like God I'm just saying it'd be really cool (laughs) if you know I'm out here on this walk and I'm praying these lyrics and you know we got a rainbow out of it and my dad got to see a rainbow and I missed it. And I went out there like two minutes after and <laughs> it was already gone. So that's like how brief it was. But right. it was cool that it showed up on that particular weekend mm-hmm. for us, even though I didn't get to see it. Hopefully yes. some other people besides my dad and my dog got to enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> Real quick. That's okay, right? That that's happening? Yeah. Okay. want to make sure we didn't have to repeat everything you just said. Um, cool. And there is scripture too that talks about. I was hoping you had. I was hoping you had something. Renewing of your mind. Yes, that is one thing for sure. And so there, there's a bunch. Um, but one is Isaiah forty thirty one. Uh, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, and there's plenty more. Um, but I think the whole. The whole point is like don't don't wear yourself out, don't burn out. Like wait on the Lord; He will He will provide, and He will provide in other ways than just ways that we think He might. Right? right. Like you weren't even sure how a few months ago what would happen, and things changed, and it was God's plan, and He provided, and in and ways you better. probably never even assumed. No, and I just recently listened to a Rick Warren sermon 
on God's time. I mean, he has several, but one of them was about God being your pace setter. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I've been praying, especially um, in this current season of life where I feel like the world has opened up to me mm-hmm. and after being shut away for so long. And it's very easy to want to just do all the things yes. because I can. Mm-hmm. And I've had to like rein it in because I get over overwhelmed because I'm and it's cool because all the things that I have at my disposal are like fun things and things that I want to do so it's hard to be filtering and like saying no but you can't say yes to everything because I've talked about this with a lot of friends recently that if you say yes to too many things even if they're good things Mm -hmm. you're so over scheduled that you don't even enjoy any of the things that you said yes to here's the thing when we say yes do we say yes from intimacy with jesus or do we say yes from passion in our soul right Right. like is it something we want right and i think a lot of people are in positions having said yes to something that jesus wasn't in for them right Mm -hmm. and so you're overwhelmed Right. Or even just filtering through, like, am I the only person that can do this? Because Mm -hmm. one of the things was, like, I was invited to two friends that both had first birthday parties for their kids. And the timing of the parties and, like, the weekends and everything else I had going on, it just felt like it was going to be too much for me Mm -hmm. to go do that. And it's like, if I don't go to the birthday party is this baby still going to be loved and celebrated (laughs) and cared for? Like, Mm -hmm. does it rest on me? Mm. And if the answer is no, then I can set, like, communicate to my friends, like, hey, I want to be there more than anything, but I know that from a one-on-one standpoint, like, we're probably not even going to talk because you're going to be running around and, like, celebrating the birthday your focus is going to be elsewhere so it's not that I don't want to be there Mm -hmm. but I would rather say yes to like a personal interaction for us when we can just hang out yes one-on-ones rather than put the pressure to overextend myself yes if it isn't gonna impact the success of the event right yeah what the thing that kept playing through my mind during those couple of months was Jesus doesn't ask me to get burnt out for him I kept repeating that like okay he didn't ask me for this he didn't ask me to do this and I mean we're only we're only one person we're only we're only one person and how we behave when we're overwhelmed Mm. typically isn't very Jesus like right and that's (laughs) also been my barometer for like Mm -hmm. if I'm saying yes to too many things is if the way that I'm like talking to people particularly people in my house Mm -hmm. where you like tend to let your guard down anyway if I cannot be nice to the people closest to me then I definitely don't have the bandwidth to be out like doing like it's got to start with God and then like my parents and my brother and my dog like if I have zero patience (laughs) for them then I don't have the bandwidth to be doing other things right and it's got to like, that, isn't there's a lot so of wisdom. Simple. There's a <laughs> right. lot of wisdom in it's so coming simple. out of Caitlin's mouth. You know? It, it is. But profound. And you have to, I mean, you only learn this stuff, though, by not mm-hmm. doing it well right. the first time and like constantly self-reflecting. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that I didn't have a very nice tone sometimes at home. Mm-hmm. And people would come up to my parents like at church and be like oh you know we just love Caitlin she's such a light for Jesus and my parents like obviously know and love me but they weren't like exactly experiencing that at home and I just needed to like think about that because I feel like when I'm with it is very like genuine Mm -hmm. and it's great that like God is shining through to them Mm -hmm. But it needs to be shining through it at home, too. Right. It and if it's not, right. why? Right. And just, like, 
thinking about that because yes it's great to be known and loved and I know that my parents and my brother know and love me Mm -hmm. so I don't have to like perform and it's not even about performance but it's just like loving them well Mm -hmm. and taking the time to be just as intentional with the people closest to me as I'm being intentional with the people further away absolutely like I had missed my own mom on Mother's Day Mm -hmm. because I was so busy wishing my other friends Mm -hmm. that are moms happy Mm. Mother's Day (laughs) right right that it did not even occur to me that my own mom might like for me to sit with her during service Mm -hmm. like that was not even on my radar which Mm -hmm. is embarrassing to admit but like for us since I live at home um church has kind of been like a social thing for me and so I sit with like my friends and different stuff and it would be different if I didn't live at home and then we all showed up to church and I just didn't sit with her but we yeah it just didn't occur to me but on Mother's Day Mm. it should have Mm -hmm. and it didn't and it's just because I was being intentional with other people and not with my mom and that's not okay right and that's I, a good uh is it barometer or a good way i to said know? barometer yeah. so hopefully that yeah. makes that's sense yeah that makes sense how, yeah. how how would the people at home rate you yeah that's a good point like can we be the same everywhere we are like, right. do we have to turn it on and off and if you do that's probably unhealthy yes yeah because it it's like con- you yeah. do constantly have to like self-assess but you want to be the same mm-hmm. everywhere no matter who you're with yeah. yeah and, and I would say the people at home deserve your respect and love more than anyone else like right. you said it's God family yeah but that doesn't mean that you share everything mm-hmm. with everyone so like your behavior should like be the same mm-hmm. but also there are things that are just between you and God mm-hmm. and things just between like your family or mm-hmm. your close friend circle that you don't get on a podcast Mm-hmm. and just get messy because i think right now in our culture in an effort oh, to be yeah, relatable right we are just over sharing. sharing and it's like great because it is in our weakness and struggles right. that people do connect right it's just that social media mm-hmm. probably isn't the best platform for all types of Obstruct, like just I being care. There's yes. got to be some line of vulnerability mm-hmm. where you can be authentic, but not messy on a larger platform. Right. Just because it's confusing, because then people think that they know every detail of your life. Right, and then they kind of take ownership and and think that yeah. It, it's then you get other messy. people's opinions mixed in it, and it gets real messy. Boundaries are a good thing, kids. Keith's been in his Bible reading something. He's going to tell us what it is. What is it, Keith? Um, I've been contemplating the Holy Spirit recently. (laughs) And I think when you ask about self-care of a Christian, we have to ask ourselves if we understand what we are. Because... If it's self-care just to take care of my humanity, I'm missing the side of self-care that is the spirit. And there's this verse in Romans chapter 8. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you lived after the flesh, you die. But if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as of you are led by the Spirit of God, you are the sons of God. And I think sometimes self-care in my mind, when I hear it discussed, it's usually about the soul and the body and the mind, and it doesn't always regard the Spirit being restored to prominence in my life so that when I'm making my decisions, I'm moving outward, it's because there's a re-engagement with the kingdom of God, the spirit inside of me, my resurrected reality. Because I think sometimes our busyness in the affairs of the world enlarges our awareness of the world. 
rather than the other way around. Our our engagement with the Spirit of God enlarges our understanding of the kingdom so that we go into the world, we're taking him with us. Mm-hmm. I think we get burned out many times because we stop taking him with us. Amen. Or we stop engaging him every day and asking him, this is my agenda, Proverbs the plans of a man are of the man, but the answer is from God what to do. Mm-hmm. We we got the plan, we do the plan. We don't always do a great job of stopping every day, spending the time, like you're saying, Caitlin, with Jesus in quietness, nothing else there, putting that in place with him because I have to go out into the world and I don't want to operate as I used to in my fallen nature. I want to operate in my Holy Spirit connection. That self-care, I think, makes all of the human level self-care even more abundant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think basically all the verses that were on the list of, in the website end up going back to spiritual health. And so it's kind of like what you said, a relationship with God first. So I think if you're spiritually aligned and we're not ever going to be perfect, but healthy, then everything else kind of comes from that, right? Yeah. I mean, aren't you more, aren't you wiser? Aren't you Mm -hmm. smarter? Aren't you slower? Slower should have been the first one you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just going slow is so important. And even more so as the, as the world to me just enters into more and more chaos Mm. If you don't know how to go slow, my my concern for many, many Christians in the West is they're going to be making decisions that they can't make anymore. Mm-hmm. Flippantly just making these things and all of a sudden they're in a terror mm-hmm. because they haven't put the time in with the Lord. And that's kind of what I'm the last week or so is. It's like he's knocking on my door. Don't forget my spirit. Mm-hmm. You can't just go here and just act like that. You know, you can be disconnected. You can't. You need to be engaged with me wherever you go. Or you're going to make a decision here that I'm not in. And then you're going to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not good because then we're standing exactly in that place. Well, how did I get burned out? Because mm-hmm. huh? I made decisions that he didn't really want me to make. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? Like if, if I have a half an hour, I'm like, well, okay, well I got that time. I can fill it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, well, why do I need to fill it? You right. know, it's like, cause if that's the pace that our culture is at now, I can't sit around. If I have that half hour, yeah, I can, I can meet you there. Or I can do this or I can do mm-hmm. that. It's like, mm, it's so normal now. I attended a live stream of the Global Leadership Summit a couple weeks ago, and Juliet Fund, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Fund? Fund. T. T at the end. Pretty pretty sure. F-U-N-T. Yeah. Uh F-U. Should have looked this up before (laughs) I referenced her name, but she wrote a book called A Minute to Think. And it's on this white space concept in like your Outlook calendar. And instead of filling those pockets of white space with another thing, they're your intentional pauses in between stuff Mm. to reset your mind, like refocus and just the efficiency of doing that and giving yourself space, even if it's just a minute. Yeah. Before you transition into stuff that we're so overscheduled and like trying to block out every time that you're rushing from place it, it, and it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. In art, Jamie, the artist, how important is white space? It's underrated to non-artists. <laughs> I learned in, in architecture school. Places where you have nothing going on is just as important as the places that you have something going yeah. on. That's a good ah. point. Got to let it breathe. Got to breathe. I like it's so that. important to the human experience. That makes Quietness, sense. stillness. Getting that's bored. Even, that's even, a good thing. It is fun. Get, it is fun. Okay. Fun. Fun. F-U-N-T. 
Huh. You know, if you think about life like that, like who said that if we get so busy that we do the things we love to do but don't enjoy doing them because we're so busy doing them? Mm. Well, it's like a busy website. I just said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or it's yeah. like a busy design. Yeah. Nothing's as engaging because it's all so muddied yeah. by everything else. by everything else. But if you have that white space and the next thing you see is you can focus. And you can you take can, it, it in. And take it in, let it. Let it do something yeah. and then move yes. to the next thing and let that do something instead of being just overwhelmed with 50 things. Instead in, of going in, from Pinterest to yeah, Google News to your game to on your phone, your <laughs> email. Not to say that I have any idea what this is like. No, yeah, you I couldn't have. Personal experience. Um, <laughs> and then wondering why you're like, oh, I just feel meh. And also yeah. the reminder that what, what feels chaotic to you isn't necessarily chaotic to God because he has a perspective that we don't have. Mm. And so the more like zoomed out you are of the chaos, the more you like see the beauty in the mess. Mm. But like when we're in the mess, mm-hmm. you, you, you can't see, see it. it. it just, right. right. It's just mess. It's just mess. Right. Yeah. But yes. That's good stuff. All right. Well, Guys, after four months, we still have answers to all problems. <laughs> Yay! We didn't miss it. We didn't lose it. Yeah. All right. We're going to hear your story in just a sec. Akron City Hospital. All right. Suma That's Akron City. What county you, are we talking? Summit, right? Summit, Summit County. Summit County. County. <laughs> Next we county have a lot over. Of Medina Countyers here. Oh, do you really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Praise well. God, you're outside Medina County. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing some diversity to yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Akron diversity. <laughs> yeah. Right. One county over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we're gonna let you take it. Cool. Okay. All right. And then we'll chime in as per the usual. Oh with, yeah, with obnoxious comments, yes. and questions. At least Jamie and I will. Keith, Keith will, will say profound wisdom. things. Yes, yes. they just had me pigeonholed. <laughs> I'm going to be crazy one day. I'll Do tell it! You. I don't. Think I dare so. you. <laughs> okay, so if you started the where hospital you were born is at, like That's how the beginning? The beginning. Start at the beginning. And I, and I always like to know like siblings, birth order, those sort of things. Okay, so I am the oldest. Mm-hmm. I have a younger brother, Matt, who is. Two years, four months, and one day younger than me. Wow. <laughs> but who's counting? Or five months. Yeah. Five months. Five months younger than me. Uh, he is my best friend. We are oh. super close. Uh, we've come a long way from when they brought him home from the hospital, mm. and I asked if they were going to take him back. <laughs> and there's, like, a video of me, like, holding him and pushing him off my lap like I guess I didn't adapt to that transition (laughs) the best um a story that's often told is when my mom's best friend Barb babysat us one night her and I were at the kitchen table coloring and Matt was in another room like in his swing like sleeping and I just said like I'll be right back and she sat at the table and then all of a sudden Matt's like wailing and she comes out, and he has teeth marks in his oh. head. Uh, I bit it. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, gosh. He was, he was bald, and oh. I, like, bit him. So Man. But, you know, he loves me, and we're, like, super close now, and I grew out of that. <laughs> so I, good yeah, thing. So the, glad to hear. The biting days are, are behind me. Uh, yeah, so it's just the two of us and our dog, Bentley, uh, who's five. Aww. And he was a gift um, from God, I like mm-hmm. to say. Uh, when I was sick, uh, my parents would have bought me an island at that point, and we compromised on a dog. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Weren't any islands for like a thousand bucks. Yeah, a thousand bucks. Actually, the journey to Bentley was a pretty fun one. It started with me buying an invisible dog. Off, uh, I didn't know that scamming people out of puppies at Christmas 
what? was a thing. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, so just FYI, that's a thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And if anybody tells you. And sorry to interrupt. By the way, during COVID, it increased big time. Oh, did it because really? Because of all these COVID puppies. People are oh. buying them like crazy and get scammed like that. Yeah, you have to be really uh, careful. I like to consider myself a pretty smart person. And my dad was a uh, police officer in Cuyahoga Falls for 30 years. I'm sure if I would have, like, run this ad by him, he probably would have been like, yeah, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't, and I asked my mom instead, and my mom, like, her heart is just more pure, like mine, (laughs) and naive. And so when I told her that I needed to go make a $500 money gram transfer at Walmart, oh. she was like, here's your card info. Here's our card info. Oh, <laughs> um, man. Yeah, that would have been a tip off right there. Hey, stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> money gram at Walmart. You I know, think you'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we just like to say that I got two dogs. A real one and an invisible one. Uh, her What's name, the name of the invisible one? Olivia was her name. Uh. And she was a golden retriever puppy that was supposed to come via airplane from uh. South Dakota. She Aww. came with a lot of toys, was potty trained. She was like a unicorn dog. Yeah. Was which like, is fitting. Too good to be true. Yeah. Um, but I just so, and like, I was devastated. Like I still remember like where I was when my dad sent me the text because I was going in to take a college final Uh and I'm like sitting out there going over my notes and my dad texts me and he's like, so I just Googled this like place and other people are saying it's a scam. And I'm just like, I have to go in and take this final. And by the grace of God, I I got an A on the final somehow, and it was on, like, some organizational supervision class. Like, I don't even know what was going on, (laughs) but somehow, like, I passed it, but my parents had said, like, if this was a scam, like, this is it. Like, we're not getting a dog, Mm. and obviously, like, that's not what happened, Right. but in the moment, so stressful, so just be, like, really careful. Yes. And, you know, we talk about, like, God's timing and different things. And if we're doing stuff on our timeline versus Mm -hmm. God's timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted a dog. Uh, My brother was an athletic training major. And he had, when I was sick, he was my, like, constant companion Mm -hmm. spending time with me. And he was going to uh he was with the university of akron football team that fall semester in 2015 and they made it to the potato bowl in idaho Mm -hmm. and so matt got to go with the team to idaho and i knew that i was gonna be without him and so i was really upset about that and i was Mm -hmm. like i need like a puppy or like something Mm -hmm. by that date Mm -hmm. And so when I came across the Golden Retriever puppy and this person that was going to get my dog here before Matt left, I was like, I will go to Walmart and pay you $1,000, you know. It wasn't just somebody that wanted a dog. There was so much behind it. Yeah. And so when it all like fell apart, it was devastating, Mm. but it led us to Bentley. And also for me to learn what a legit website looks like when you're buying a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Like just, but you know, people do buy dogs online. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going that We just got one. Yeah. We just have to pay in person. Yeah. We we handed the money. Yeah. The cash in person. And Hoobly. It, like, even the name of the website I was on, this is, like, so embarrassing. <laughs> like, it was, the website was Hoopley. Like, what? That even sounds I like I a, a website where people that are scamming people out of dogs. <laughs> there were dogs and other random things for Lizards sale. Lizards so, and yeah. old calculators. Yeah. yeah, so we got Bentley. Uh, the it, One thing that was cool about Bentley is the stud so his dad was named Titus and Titus in the Catholic faith is the patron saint of stomach disorders. Wow. Oh my gosh. And part of, we never got a diagnosis of what was wrong with 
me, but because of, like, what was going on, it was very clear that, like, my stomach was somehow part of the problem. Right. And so the fact that his dad had that name, and it's a pretty unique dog name. I've never known a dog named Titus. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Bentley... I had originally wanted to name him Oliver, but that was way too close to Olivia. Like, Mm -hmm. I could not be reminded of Olivia every time. And he's such a Bentley. So, yeah. And and what kind is he? He is a fox red lab. (gasps) So, this is Bentley. How old is he? Oh, he's beautiful. He's five. Let me me see. Oh. Oh, he is. Oh, that is a good looking dog right there. Yeah, he's pretty beautiful, and he's our sharing Jesus dog. Like, the number of Jesus conversations we get into because of Bentley, because if anybody asks, like, why we got him or whatever, it launches into my journey and illness stuff, and it's like, if I wouldn't have gotten sick, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have gotten a dog Mm because my mom grew up afraid of dogs and bentley has been really like healing for her but when we brought him home you know he was just a A tiny little puppy we had to teach her how to pet him oh my god like the first like she was aggressively like (laughs) petting like a a toddler yeah like she did did something happen to her um so we're getting into your mom's story right (laughs) just a neighbor i think like had a dog and it wasn't very well trained and was just kind of, oh. and it was a bigger dog. And so I think that like she had said her memory was like having to hide in a closet from mm. this dog. So, I mean, that's pretty traumatizing, that's yeah. especially as a kid and just never being around them like at home. Right. And so it's cool because Bentley sleeps in my parents bed oh and we and we had predicted that that would be what would happen it's like just you wait and because of my situation my dad ended up doing a lot of the caretaking of bentley so unfortunately bentley does think that he is the alpha oh <laughs> um and i have said that when i move out at some point mm-hmm. that i would leave bentley with them just because that would probably be what's best for bentley because mm-hmm. they are so attached mm-hmm. but that is 100% contingent on my parents staying in the state my mm-hmm. dad's dream has always been to retire which he did last summer and move to florida oh. and i was like if you go to florida you're not taking my dog Right. So I don't know that my brother and I are going to be enough to keep <laughs> keep him here, but Bentley might be because I was whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is totally that he's a very well loved dog. Okay, so I guess I should probably tell yeah. some of like <laughs> so your actual <laughs> the, childhood. Oh, child. so it sounds like you have a, a good relationship with your parents and your brother parents and my brother and were you a typical oldest like always doing the right thing good grades all that good stuff uh yeah yeah (laughs) a recovering perfectionist yes yes uh very like headstrong bossy Mm -hmm. rule follower Mm -hmm. um yes all of the i can relate Yes, yes. All, all of those things. And I feel like it served me well. And when it's channeled in the right mm-hmm. way, it it's great. Right. But also being able, uh, I've talked about this a lot, Matt and I are very similar in like moral values mm-hmm. and that type of thing. But my personality is much more dominant mm-hmm. and he's quieter. But I feel like since coming into relationship with God and like understanding my own patterns better and then being able to see how he's gifted Matt differently, because I think that we've just talked about this a lot in terms of leadership, for example, that as a culture for men to lead, we have like a particular profile of what that looks like. Yes. And key man, gladiator, caveman. Yeah. And it's like if you're not bold and domineering and like trampling everyone, then you're not leading. Right. And actually, that's not true. 
Right. And when I have slowed down and like reflected and in conversations with Matt, he leads in a quieter way. Mm -hmm. But I learned so much from the way that he leads and it's made me more aware like at work I've noticed that there are some people that do lead quieter Mm -hmm. but because they're quieter they notice things Mm -hmm. that the dominant people miss because sometimes we're too busy like bulldozing people with our ideas just keep talking (laughs) yes I know you're speaking you're doing such a great job you're speaking Keith's language yeah you're speaking my husband's language I very much yes (laughs) but it like I want to change that perception Mm -hmm. I guess because just because he leads in a quieter way doesn't mean that he's not leading or doesn't have opinions right And also as an extrovert, when he's more introverted, I think that extroverts just kind of assume that if you want to be a part of the conversation, that you're just going to show up to it and like participate because that's what we do and that's what comes naturally to us. Mm -hmm. Where introverts want to be invited in, like they're not, they want, they have things to share, Mm -hmm. they want to participate but they need a little bit of encouraging. Right. They need Encour- you to wait for their response. Yes. Just give them the time. Don't fill the space. I love yes. this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have this every time. And I, pray, I have prayed about that a lot yeah. too, to be a better listener and mm-hmm. to not finish people's sentences. Mm-hmm. Because I, Not that I'm perfect at it, but I have gotten a lot better because I noticed that it wasn't that I was trying to be rude. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm thinking like so quickly and sometimes when you're tracking and that's how you participate yes like finishing the sentence yes like you want because you're excited about it and it doesn't but it doesn't bother everybody when you do it especially when you're tracking right but for people that process a little bit slower and Mm -hmm. need to gather their thoughts if you finish their sentence you're not always right about what they were going to say right and then I it's mean, frustrating. There is a Seinfeld episode on this. I have never seen <laughs> Seinfeld. sentence finish your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. You should watch it. Yes. You'll learn a lot. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. Okay. So, yeah, that that was my journey. Of, mm-hmm. Like, wanted to be valedictorian in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember freshman year, we in English class, we had to, like, write down some goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down that that was one of mine. And my English teacher wrote back because uh, up through that point, like I said, writing has been a way that I feel like God has gifted me. Mm -hmm. So I always got good grades on my papers, like Mm -hmm. was very used as like great as you can be at eight in eighth grade at writing. Mm -hmm. I always got 100s on that. And then freshman year of high school, we had to do a summer reading assignment and writing or whatever. And I got a B. And you would have thought (laughs) that the world was ending. And I like, how could I get a B Mm. on that? And then we have to write a paper about our goals. And I write about wanting to be valedictorian. This paper comes after getting the B. And my teacher writes back, what a lofty goal. (gasps) Oh, ouch. And I don't know. That it was intended to come, you know, because right. it was just yeah. written down. Yes. But the way that I took it was as a challenge. Oh. Like, you will see. Right. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be valedictorian. So my junior <laughs> year of high school, I worked in the counseling office where they do the, like, college plan. And you tweaked everybody's grades? Well, oh. That's where they keep all the records. And so I had gotten to see where I ranked my junior year. And guess who was number one? (gasps) Yeah. And then working. Wait, who? Me. Me. (laughs) But during that same semester where I worked in the office, I ended up finding out about an internship at the Cleveland Clinic that they were doing for prospective nursing students Mm. that summer. And it was a paid internship and you got paired with a mentor and like had to do a research project. And it was this really cool thing. And I don't know that they do it anymore they might or it's probably adapted 
but I applied, went through the interview process, got a spot, and I was at Marymount in their labor and delivery unit. Oh, wow. And so I got to help deliver babies. Oh, and rock them in the nursery. Oh my and gosh, that's a dream come it, true for me. Yeah, as it a was, junior in high school. After my junior year, so yeah, wow. it was incredible. My I mentor's bet. name was Dorothy. I am still friends oh. with one of the moms whose babies I helped deliver. Oh my gosh. Uh, her and her husband had just moved here from Washington. Wow. Didn't know anybody. It was his job that led them mm-hmm. here. And conveniently, he was traveling when she went into labor. She had two boys at home, Ben and Gage. Oh, my God. And so she was in labor with her third and had no one. And so God, like, had our paths cross. And mm-hmm. I got to, like, be there with her until he made it just oh in time. Gosh. But I spent her whole labor with her and then got to be there. And we're sto- she actually texted me today and it's one of my favorite stories because only god can like write that Mm -hmm. and the fact that we still keep in touch Mm -hmm. uh 10 this was in 2010 so 11 years later wow is just really cool but through the internship i ended up finding out about post-secondary classes and so i ended up my senior year of high school taking classes full-time at Tri-C in Beachwood mm. and didn't go to high school at all. Now, you would <laughs> think that actual college classes would be rated on a yeah, higher... it's a mess how they do it, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Compared to the fake college right, classes. Right, right. <laughs> it is uh, a mess. The, I'm blanking on what they're called. I forget what they're called. I have... T- my two oldest my oldest graduated what was it two years ago yeah so it's it's what it's all a so those ones were on a 5.0 scale yes. and my oh, you mean like your pre-college courses yes I'm or to- actual college court yeah oh. you have your pre you have your college yeah but there are the uh, i cannot remember you'll the probably name. remember the later. ap yeah. stuff the what ap yes the ap classes so the AP classes were on a well, five. Thank yeah, thank you. The AP classes were on a 5.0 scale and the actual college classes mm-hmm. were on the 4.0 oh. scale. So all of my peers were taking 5.0 classes. Yeah. So therefore, my GPA compared oh. to theirs. So I did not end up as valedictorian because of that. And they wouldn't adjust it accordingly. No. That's, that's not cool. No. Wadsworth doesn't even do valedictorian anymore. Don't get me started. Anyway. I per- well, <laughs> I think that's probably a good thing. And I, I remember all the like yearbook stuff like, you'll be mo- you're the most popular or you're the most like yeah. to succeed. I'm like, man, this is not healthy. No, and <laughs> ranking children like this. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that I didn't know until after the fact that that was going to be the case. Because I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pass taking because I need to be valedictorian. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is I didn't want to be valedictorian because I really thought like not that it isn't an accomplishment because it is, but I just wanted to matter. Mm -hmm. And I thought the only way that I could matter was being recognized as better at something Mm -hmm. than everybody else because my whole childhood like grade school and everything I never fit anywhere and anything that I tried Hmm. to do to feel like just being on the team like I never cared about being like the best basketball player like I was just there for the teammates Mm -hmm. but there was like something socially no matter what I did that it just didn't work out for me so I started to find my identity in school Mm -hmm. and that was an isolation protection type thing because that completely rests on me like I can Mm -hmm. or I thought I can control my grades I can control the amount of effort that I put into studying were you actually um cognizant of that uh at that age uh not fully, not fully. no I mean I definitely 
knew that I invested a lot of time in school as a protection from what I was experiencing socially. Socially? Yeah, and it, it was definitely really hard. I look back on it now, though, because a lot of people, I feel like when they, we all struggle with that, mm-hmm. and on the other side of it, 10 years removed from graduating high school realizing how much people were doing the things they were doing not necessarily because they wanted to be doing them but because they were fighting the same battle and it just yeah poured out in a different way Yeah. yeah and so for me um drinking and drugs and that type of stuff again rule follower perfectionist like just not worth it to me mm-hmm. i can't lie which is like a gift me either but i have zero <laughs> poker face Same. about anything yep. um i cannot deceive like i'm horrible at go fish like i can't <laughs> cheat oh at like any game I played, okay you know Even the game a really bull- innocent game. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a game bull pucky there's other names for it but i've i've been known to call it on myself because i know that i can't lie <laughs> And yeah, like, I, I get it. How to yeah. Lose a Guy in Ten Days yes. is one of my favorite movies. Yes. And that game that, that play, they, they play that game, that, that card game. Yes. Yeah. I w- you don't want me as your partner right. in any card game. Like, I am that uh. bad at it. But the one story that I always tell <laughs> is my freshman year of college. So, in high school, I had wanted to get my belly button pierced. Mm. And my mom was not a fan. Like, mm-hmm. she just thought it was kind of trashy yes and um <laughs> well let's talk about why girls want their belly buttons pierced so, so uh, people can look at your belly that's yeah. what i've told my girls when they were in high school they're all still well one of them already graduated and the the family rule was no belly button piercing because when you get your belly button pierced you can't help but want to lift up your shirt right. and the boys to see your belly and then the boys think of sex and that's no <laughs> yeah like that's not where we're going <laughs> yeah yeah and so fred um i went away my first two years of college to the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Mm -hmm. So I was on the beach. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of girls in bikinis not wearing shirts. Right, right, right. So uh, belly button piercing is pretty common down there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I really, I'm like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And my best friend, Courtney, was my partner in crime in this. And we planned out for a week when we were going to (laughs) go. Uh, get my belly button pierced. I took cash out so that way when my because my parents were um, still like financially supporting right, me, right. they still financially support me uh, to some degree. That I didn't want them to be able to like trace the payment to the piercing <laughs> shop or whatever. So I took cash out, and her and I went and we did it, and then. I was like, I just don't feel right about this. <laughs> and so, uh, like, I can't keep it a secret. And I'm 700 miles away from home. So right. it's like, what are they going to do about it? But they were at a wedding that night. And I called my mom and I was like, hey, I have something to tell you. And when you start a conversation off like that, it's kind of like a good way because they probably thought. The given, worst. Yeah, like, given my history that I crashed the car or, or something <laughs> like that but I, so I told him I was like so I got my belly button pierced and my mom's like okay <laughs> and I was like you know I just wanted to like let you know Courtney and I went like I'll text you a photo <laughs> and so I just like confessed it yeah. because I couldn't like she never would have known and then by the time that I did come home and visit that summer like, it just wouldn't have even was, right. mattered anymore. Mm-hmm. But I just, like, I had to tell her that night that it bothered me that much I that I did something way. that I knew they initially <laughs> didn't approve of. Right. Well, that's a great quality. Yeah. yeah. My whole Absolutely. life up to that point was the opposite. So that's that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, did you get your belly button pierced? No, I got my nipples pierced. Okay. No, I'm just no, kidding. No. <laughs> I mean, what? But now I'm like done with with that. Like I have the you belly did button it, and then it's like yeah, and it's just like not that big of 
of a deal and I am really thankful that my parents like there were some things that they just never made a big deal about and Mm -hmm. so as a result we didn't like idolize them or put stuff on us like I just remember um my mom has always really enjoyed makeup Mm -hmm. like just for fun her and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago And so when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, when girls like start to like makeup, Mm -hmm. we made it like a thing. And she took me to Clinique and like bought me my first like uh, little set of stuff. But she was never like, oh, well, you have to be 27 to ever wear mascara or whatever. That it was just allowed to be a fun thing. Like you're beautiful. But we bonded over it. And it was just fun if you make it taboo it's taboo right and then my junior year of high school uh because i was raised catholic Mm -hmm. and my junior year of high school for lent i gave up wearing makeup Mm. and i did it and then i never went back to wearing it i mean like i'll do it for fun on special occasions but I just never wanted it to become a thing where it's like I can't leave the house without a full or, face. Yeah, like looking like true. who I am. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes. again, if it's just a fun thing for you, because I think it is so cool, and I like mm-hmm. watching the makeup videos on YouTube, and people are so talented. Like it's art. Yeah. Yes. yes to definitely. be able to do that is incredible. Yes. But just the why behind why you're doing it like are you doing it just because it is fun and you enjoy it Mm -hmm. or because you don't like who you are right or how you you look people are gonna not gonna accept you if you don't put it on right yes i feel like that's one of the biggest yeah Yeah. that's a dangerous thing for women yeah and especially with social media nowadays and like body image and that whole thing so when i got sick so We'll find. I know we've like danced around it multiple times okay. now and keep going down other roads. So in the spring of 2015, my body spontaneously decided to stop digesting food. Mm. It was the most bizarre thing, and it was terrifying. There was no like big event that happened. I mean, no I, warning. No, no warning. Mm. Literally one day, it happened. And then it progressed, like, immediately after eating, it was all undigested food. There was no acid. There was no, like, bile. I didn't feel sick. I was not nauseous. Really? I was never nauseous. I, I needed to get that on a t-shirt. Because yeah, because <laughs> when we think we think of all the things that come yeah. along with, you have that feeling right before you throw up, your mouth is watering, that, uh, the dread, mm. and then, but you had none of no, that. No, none of it. Like, I did not... And you could not make your body do what mine was doing. It, like I said, was terrifying. But at the time, we did not even know that there was a difference between vomit and regurgitation. And regurgitation is what was happening because it was all undigested food. Uh And vomit is like the stomach flu thing. Right. And that's why you usually have food aversions after you get, like, food poisoning or something. Because it's a defense mechanism for your body to be like, hey, this is what made you sick. I never knew that. Me either. And so that was, for me, I never had any aversions to any of the food because my body wasn't even... It never got that far. Yeah, it was never digesting them. Wow. So we went, like, obviously, this is not normal. This how long How long did it take after a meal? Like, like, I would finish eating, and I would have enough time to, like, make it to the bathroom. Wow. So, like, it did not stay. Yeah, really that first day, the first time it happens, it's just out of the blue. Do you have a warning? Uh, I mean, like, you feel it, like, it's coming, coming up. up. I gotta go to the bathroom. But not a feeling of, like like illness like not that wave of nausea like it it is yeah it's wild and how how old are you at that point i was 20 so you're still in college yeah Mm. and thank goodness i was at home Mm. uh god like led me back home uh because i had had digestive stuff since age 12 like stomach aches and we had started going to doctors 
like then Mm -hmm. and at the time you know they didn't know all that they do now about Mm -hmm. like gut health and anxiety and just the different things and so he thought that I was maybe allergic to milk and he was just like well don't have milk products anymore and at the time my a lot of my diet was milk based stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm 12 and this is back in like 2007 mm-hmm. when, again, we really didn't know anything. So in my attempt to adhere to his instructions, I unintentionally lost weight because I had cut out an entire oh, food group. Right. And that didn't help anything. Like mm-hmm. I still had the stomach aches. There was no resolution. But then I became afraid of food because every time I ate, I was in pain and it's like, okay, not having milk products didn't make it better, mm-hmm. but it obviously wasn't. So it just got really messy and muddied. And then, I mean, I fit the profile of somebody with an eating disorder. Like I was in that demographic, mm-hmm. but that was not my journey. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that like, if that is your journey, there is no shame mm-hmm. in that. Hey guys, thanks for listening to part one. Sorry we had to cut it short, but we promise the rest will be here next week. So just bear with us. Have a great one.